back to Plug and Pay, a talk show where we bring you the latest and greatest of global payroll every week. I'm Angelique, Paysal's Head of Content, and today I'm here with Max, our Head of Service Delivery. Hello, Max. How are you doing today? Hey, Angelique. I'm doing great. Thanks. It's good to be back for another episode of uh, Plug and Pay, and I'm really excited about the topic we're going to talk about uh, today, but I'll hand over to you because the suspense we need to build up for this episode, Angelique. Yes, there has actually been a lot of suspense building up because uh, we did another poll, right, over on your on your LinkedIn. We did. And, um, so today we wanted to discuss payroll accuracy. Um, so we're going to talk about the poll and and actually share some of the results, some of the comments, what people were saying. So, well, if you can start us off and uh, introduce the question and the, the potential answers and then the results, please. Yes, sure. So a topic that's dear to the hearts of many payroll professionals, I think. So the question was, what is the main root cause of payroll errors? And I just want to thank everyone for engaging on the post because we had an astonishing 195 votes in the poll, which is basically doubling, almost tripling what we had in the last poll. So it makes me believe that it's a topic indeed that's uh, very prominent uh, in the hearts of payroll professionals. And uh, there was a four uh, uh, there were four different uh, answers that people could choose. The first one was changes after cutoff as a main root cause for payroll errors. The second one was poor quality of data inputs. The third one was manual processing of inputs. And the fourth one was poor local payroll services. Now, out of the 195 respondents, 51% of them, so more than half, chose poor quality of data inputs. Relatively closely followed with 30% choosing manual processing of inputs. So that basically means that poor quality of data inputs and manually processing inputs made up 81% of the main root causes for payroll. Then it was followed by changes after cutoff, which people chose uh, for 13%, and only 6% chose poor payroll services. Now, worth noting is that it was a, a single choice so you couldn't choose multiple answers. Yeah. Of course, we know there are many uh, root causes in payroll uh, that could cause errors. But of course, the question was, what's the main root cause? Because we wanted people to, to think about, okay, what's that single most pesky thing that causes headaches uh, when the payrolls are delivered? So those are the results for you, Angelique. Yeah, and as you said, it was um, not only was there a lot of people actually um, participating in the poll, but also commenting. So as you say, it was definitely something that um, you know people had their their views on. And I actually just wanted to share some of the comments um, with with you guys today. So um, one of them actually referred to to the potential answers. They wanted to add something to the list, so they said. Um, I would even add one more option to the list, inadequate controls and reviews. Mm. That's interesting. Perhaps there's, there's you know, more than one um, potential option. Maybe you'll have to do a part two. Um, but it, throughout uh, the rest of the, of the commenters, it was, I would say, a consensus between um, poor quality and manual input. Some people did say that. And uh, another actually commented for both poor quality and manual input, these risks can be mitigated by following a peer review process. So some are actually even going as far as to give you know, advice on, on how we can avoid that. 
And in regards to mitigating risks, another one commented, um, you must evaluate the the capability of your source system and ensure you use it to its full capacity by way of adding checks or constraints to capture the errors even before they get stored on the database. Secondly, use data integrations and middlewares to transmit and transform data to target system with minimum or no manual intervention. So this last one was particularly interesting to me because it was kind of touching on the fact of like automation mm-hmm. to be able to avoid those errors, um, you know, in the first place before before it gets to that stage. So I don't know, what what do you think about, about these comments and about your opinion on the poll in general? Yeah, it's a lot to to grasp. So uh, first of all, again, great to see so much engagement in the community. You know, I'm a I'm a firm believer that all of us need to share our experience and views together to kind of elevate the profession. Um, so when thinking of the comments, let's maybe unpick uh, some of those and, and find it very interesting and intriguing that a comment mentioned that it is hard to choose between poor quality uh, of data inputs and manually processing inputs because this also resonates. With me, if I think back of my global payroll manager days, which aren't in the too far distant uh, past, actually, uh, because indeed we were constantly battling for uh, great quality inputs, timely inputs in a format that we need tailored to any local specific needs. But then we also were actually processing those bad data quality inputs manually. So you kind of see a snowball effect with poor quality data inputs and then manually processing those, which raises the risk of, uh, of manual errors. Uh, but it also puts pressure on the payroll calendar, because if you have quality, poor quality data inputs, it means you probably need to go back and forth with the people who uh, input that uh, bad quality to you to verify if it's actually correct or to complement any missing data elements. And once you finally have that good quality data set, you then still need to process it manually. And that's all in that squeezed window of the payroll calendar where you need to submit payroll changes to your payroll provider, and then they need to start processing it. So it becomes kind of a, a, a challenging time. And that kind of brings me to the comment you, you, you think you started off with, with to add one more option to the list around inadequate controls and reviews. Now, we did a webinar, I think, in August uh, around how to unlock the secrets for a compliant global payroll with smart controls. So I'm a big fan of global payroll control frameworks, Angelique. If I could spend a Friday night just designing and reviewing global payroll controls, I am a happy, happy payroll professional. So when I think of controls, they always must mitigate a risk. If you do a control and it doesn't mitigate a risk, don't do the control. And I actually once explained to my kids, so bus of four and fleur of seven, when they asked me, Papa, what do you do? I said, well, I design controls to make sure everybody gets paid accurately on time and compliantly. They said, well, what does a risk and what does a control mean? So I said to them, you want to be on time for school. They said, yes. Okay, so that's your objective, being on time in school. I said, a risk might be, that you wake up too late and you sleep over. They said, yes, but that's a risk. So how do we then mitigate a control? They actually told me, well, a control is that we set an alarm so we wake up on time. I said, well, that's risk and control for you. You can apply that in daily life. You can apply it in global payroll too. And when we think about controls, you you, you must balance two elements. There is a control type, which can be preventative. So it prevents something from happening. 
or its detective that you kind of inherently know with a process across many, many countries with many, many sources and a lot of data elements flowing through that could always be something that you can't prevent. Therefore, you also need a detective control. And then you need to balance a control method. So you either do it manually, you do it automated or IT dependent. And IT dependent could be you use a system generated report that then a person reviews. And a perfect balance of those across all stages in kind of the cyclic and periodic uh, payroll process from pre-payroll, run payroll to post-payroll is what you need to look for. Now, these themes around uh, poor data quality inputs and manually processing are big, fairly chunky uh, items to address as a whole, right? You could say, well, we need more automation. Well, we need more digitization. You won't find any person who disagrees with you. But you'll also not find a person to then know where to start. So yeah. <clears throat> what's important, I think this is also to one of the comments, is to drill down on those. Now, again, I'll plug in uh, another webinar we did actually earlier this month in November, which was around how to improve the most important payroll KPIs. Because <clears throat> what we see in the results of this poll around data quality inputs, manually process, can actually be related to to main KPIs that I would say every payroll professional in the world should track and probably does track is payroll input accuracy and payroll delivery accuracy. So delivery is when the payroll is approved, is it still accurate or do you find errors? Payroll input is, hey, have you found any errors that you've uh, corrected before you've approved payroll? Now, if you start making these errors visible, and tracking them consistently, you start to actually unpick those big themes around poor data quality or manual processing um, and actually list them down to the lowest level possible, link it to a source system, link it to even a person. If you create a culture of continuous improvement, link it down to a process, a source system, a specific country, a specific pay element. And if you do this, you could actually start thinking about targeted interventions based on actual data points. So rather than saying, we need to solve this, we need to solve this big theme, you actually want to be more specific. So you can st start thinking about peer reviews. I think there was also actually a former colleague of mine in Shell who said that, which makes me mm. think back. We had, Anjali, can you believe this? We had daily logging reports. So you had one person who sat at a desk who did the inputs into a well-known system called SAP. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they had a buddy. So there was a buddy who did a peer review with a daily logging report. And actually at the time, this is years ago, it was printed on a piece of paper to see all the different changes across all the different items they put transaction and they went line by line to tick it off. And those daily logging reports were stored right. in a central location because it was actually a stocks control. Now, if yeah. we would, of course, we're here also at Pesar, if we would link it to what we do, you know, we have the tools you would need to automate that, digitize that, and to make sense of poor data quality inputs. Now, this comes back, I think, to, to the last comment that was made where you would not want to look at the root causes if you want to get the data right in the source system, right? I think there was a comment around yeah. that too. Yeah. Exactly. Which, of course, is perfect. That's what you should aim for. However, that's what you learn in business school. That's what you learn through courses. But then reality kicks in. <laughs> 
what if you are a payroll team that reports into finance and you get your data qualities from the HR folks, right? Mm -hmm. You should always partner with them to make sure you have great quality data inputs, which again, should be underpinned by KPIs and data points and, you know, what is the effect of it? What's the what's the, uh, the root cause? What's the downside for the employees, the employee experience? But you don't just get a, a, a blank piece of paper to say, well, this is what payroll wants. And then, then your stakeholders say, sure, we'll go implement that in our global HCM so you get great quality data. So you want to make you want to make yourself less dependent of other people to get that quality data input. And at the same time, make sure you have automation and digitization to either take quality inputs or bad quality inputs and make some sense out of it. So that was a very long answer to your question, Angelique. <laughs> what do you make of these comments? But it sparked a little bit of pay passion for payroll for me. No, definitely. And um, yeah, it was making me think the same, you know, about um, we did a uh, a demo not long ago about the uh, data validation feature hmm. that we have at PSR. And we were, we were basically talking about that, really, about catching those as early on as possible. Um, so, no, definitely interesting. And thank you for sharing your specific uh, insights as well from your time at Shell and, and throughout the years. Sure, chip down memory um, lane, Angelique. <laughs> and is there anything else you, you wanted to share this week, actually, because um, uh, we, it's been a little while since we chatted. So what's been going on in your payroll world? Oh, my payroll world is a wonderful world to live in, actually, to start with. But <laughs> yes, so I was talking to uh, a global payroll manager uh, of one of our customers, and they shared kind of their predicament she's in during budgeting season. So as we all know, um, inflation is still at, at a high. I think it's uh, it's around 7.5% on an aggregated level. So that also means that when you're doing your budgeting, typically your, your labor-related costs due to increases of employer uh, cost or mandatory inflation on salaries, your budget for people goes up. Mm -hmm. Then your tech stack or your service stack is also uh, sensitive to inflation. While well, she shared, well, actually, my budget is fairly limited. Still, I need to make improvements, and the business wants me to, you know, to, to look for those. So she's mm -hmm. really challenged in her way to within a kind of a limited budget with inflation on the rise, she still needs to find ways to, 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 to make incremental improvements. Now, this could be related to, to the poll results, for instance, removing manual processes or focusing on data quality, but it can also be related to better uh, general ledger outputs into your finance systems because there's some inefficiency and in, in accuracy there, possibly even leading to some financial misstatements. And you know, you alluded to the uh, the demo you did yesterday, so I also just want to highlight the importance of a of modularity in a platform. So you can only bite off as much as you can chew. Well, you're the native speaker, Angelique. Is that an actual saying? Yes, exactly. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Exactly. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you know exactly what you need to bite off instead of doing the whole cookie, right? You might just need the right the right top corner of the cookie that you need to bite off. So uh, this is something I wanted to highlight with, with our platform. You know, you could look at uh, HR Connect to make sure you validate the data inputs, have change detection, make sure mandatory fields are there. You're able to, to quickly make changes. You're able to uh, optimize your controls beyond Excel, VLOOKUPS, 
my dear ladies and gentlemen, beyond Excel VLOOKUPs and just operate it as a standalone module. So you want to solve what matters and only pay for what you would exactly need. So I, I just wanted to highlight uh, for people who are in budgeting season or close to budget season, make sure you put targeted interventions in there, even in a squeezed budgeting environment. So that's something to, to consider for the listeners, I think. No, definitely. And actually, if that's something that our listeners are, you know, asking about, we can definitely um, do some more content on that for sure. So, yeah, thank you as always to you and to the listeners for for getting involved, contributing, sharing all your your opinions. Um, so I think that's a good place for us to to end today's episode. Thank you again for joining me, Max. And uh, we will be back again next week and every week. Um, so I hope that you'll be tuning in either via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you um, leave us a review and subscribe to Plug and Pay. Um, and we'll also be running other events that you can find out over on our LinkedIn, Paysar. And yeah, that's it from me. Anything to add, Max? Yes, thanks, Angelique. Well, again, thanks for the listeners and for everyone who participates on the poll. And speaking of polls, next week, so that would be already in December, I think on the 4th of December, uh, we'll issue a new poll on LinkedIn. And I'm thinking, Angelique, to do it around controls because that kind of links to the prior um, uh, poll around errors and how you can mitigate those with meaningful control. So uh, I'll think about a, a nice poll question uh, for uh, next week. And just all the payroll professionals out there, I hope you had a great November payroll and you are mentally preparing for the rush and manic of December payroll, perhaps with earlier cutoffs, earlier pay dates, year end, year start. Well, I applaud you for staying calm and always delivering. And we hope to see you and hear you again next week. Thanks, Angelique. Thanks. Bye. Bye.